Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I say! Brilliant! And tame, and tame again. Crank up the music, charge a glass. This nation is going to dance all night. Roberto Di Zerbi hits the ground running with a low-risk press conference classic. Just where would you place a proverbial price tag on a player's body? Some genuinely not made-up marketing speak for the New England shirts. Second-tier landline shaming. The collective noun for injuries. Jamie Oliver goes full Andy Townsend and the forgettable, weird, chaotic web that is the What Are You Doing Here 11. Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 193 of Football Clichés. I'm Adam Hurry and with me are the unchanged pairing. The first time in Football Clichés history that they've been together with me... Four episodes in a row, unbroken. It's Charlie Eccleshare and David, 80th appearance Walker. How's it going? Yes, going well. I'm pleased with that. 80 appearances, that's a nice landmark. 80 gets you in the like, real royalty of England caps, I yeah. think. Yeah. No schmucks are getting to 80. A two-pronged affair for you and the listeners today. We'll have a little brief adjudication panel with some lovely stuff in it. And then we will move swiftly on to the what are you doing here 11. Uh, the <laughs> mechanics of which are very precise, not as loose as some people might think, so we'll get on to that. But let's kick off things for the adjudication panel. First of all, Robert Dugmore, who was on duty for the Premier League 2 clash between Brighton under-21s and their Everton... Uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Counterparts. Counterparts, thank you. We pick up the action ooh, in and around the 60th minute. <laughs> this now is Cannon. There's plenty of space ahead of him. Will it be a case of cometh the hour, cometh the man for here? Plenty of attempts for the island under 20 today. Maybe not Cannon, though. It's fed to Stanley Mills, who tucks it away low past James Beadle. Charlie, I don't think I've ever seen a more deliberate telegraphed attempt to get on the Football Clichés podcast than this. Yeah, you can't set up a will this be a... I mean, I suppose, <laughs> I suppose sometimes they do, whether when it's an obvious someone's coming on. Mm. Uh, but in the, I, don't, I don't think in... In, in that sort of context, it's acceptable. Interesting that, that Charlie objects to it on those grounds, Dave. Are you having it for an assist? Was it in fact, in actual fact, a case of cometh the hour, cometh the the other man? Hmm. Yeah, but he didn't know he was, was going to do he, he didn't say it based hmm. on the assist. He said oh, it just preemptively. That's, uh, you know, that's what you risk. Hmm. 
I think you could have it on an assist if it was one of those assists. No, come on, Charlie. If, if, it, if it was an assist, like Luis well, Suarez. they did all the work. Uh, yeah, like Luis Suarez in that coit hat trick from two yards each game against United. <laughs> where, Suarez, where Suarez and one of them beat about five players, set it up, and everyone even congratulated him. If, if he'd come off the bench and, but how would and that done that. Say, how would that sound? How would you say that? And it's... And it's a case of come off the hour, come off the man for Luis Suarez with that assist there. Like, it's, yeah, I'm not having it either, I have yeah. to say. I think it's amazing ca- how we all slip up on this concept I th- at I some th- point. <laughs> I think the camera pans to him. He's lying there taking all the plaudits. And you know who is meant by saying it. He's there, just it's so clearly his goal in all but name. It would be Maybe an extreme situation, sort of don't get me wrong. Back. But I think it's possible. Maybe as they're sort of trotting back to the halfway line after the goal has been sort of absorbed then maybe. And um, he's yeah, the one who's sort of pointing up and you know looking at the mm. heavens as if it's his goal. Mm. Okay, well, maybe the Premier League 2 um, level isn't isn't the arena for this sort of thing. Let's move on. Um, Roberto Di Zerbi unveiled as Brighton's new manager in his first press conference. And now, whatever Graham Souness' doubts about Di Zerbi's ability to adapt to our league, some press conference quips are just universal. Have you spoke to Pep in the last 48 hours since your appointment? Sunday evening, yes. What did he say? È contento che sono venuto. He's very happy that I'm on board here. Mi ha parlato molto bene del club. He told me very good about the club. E mi ha, mi ha detto per, che è sempre pronto ad aiutarmi qualora avessi bisogno. And he told me that if I need, he will be very happy to help me. Tranne nella partita che andremo a giocare contro di loro. Of course, not in the match we are playing with uh, against them. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if you cannot arrange, Dave, for a mobile phone to go off in your press conference, at least line up the idea that someone doesn't want you to succeed against their team, at least. It's, it's perfect. It's, it's, the, it's the best English press conference fodder you can imagine. It's the universal language mm. of football, yeah. Yeah. It was nicely set up by the break as well, giving it even more of a kind of, but the sort of translation equivalent of a but um to yeah. sort of. It's just perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's factually based. Of course, it is. It's a very good joke. No problem with that. Um, essentially, straightforward one here from Buen Pondo, Dave, who says Jack Grealish has said, "When I have a price tag on my head, people are going to talk." Surely, Buen Pondo says, "A price tag is worn around your neck. Please help." I don't think it's ever really been heavily implied in price tag chat. Price tags just get slapped on players, but where do they get slapped? Well, if it's being slapped, then it could be on the head. Because if it's if it's a as, as if it's like a sticker, <laughs> but if it's mm. if Slap it's head. if it's a tag, then it's got to hang from somewhere. So the yeah, neck is true. more appropriate. You have a you have a bounty on your head, exactly, and a target on your back. Mm. Yeah, which is a not dissimilar thing. Because he's a, he's a marked man, isn't he? Partly because of that. Yeah, I think sort of loosely tied around the neck so it dangles down the front or back would make sense. Hmm. Or like from the sleeve, actually. Or maybe on the arm. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of around the wrist. I think you do imagine it... It depends if you're thinking it as like clothes. Because hmm. if you are, as I am, then I think hmm. that most naturally would go on, on the back. Sort of where I'm... Yeah. Holding here, you turn it around. Yeah. But then you wouldn't see it if those clothes were being worn. Mm. You know, it's like if you leave the, if you leave the price tag on a jacket. <laughs> it's just in there. Uh, but it's not a sticker, 
So it's definitely not it's not stuck. Despite being slapped, it isn't stuck. It is still a tag. No, um, it's very you confused. Only, you'd only slap it on if it was like a half price sale mm. or something. Mm. It was reduced. A yellow You're really sticker. Really trying to get rid of him. Fire yeah. sale. Everything must go. <laughs> yeah. Beyond their sell-by date. That would work. Yellow stickers. Um, okay. England's new kits, Charlie, ahead of the World Cup. Uh, I'm not sure if we should be describing them as much maligned, widely panned, or simply dividing opinion. Um, where are we in the storyline for this so far? I think dividing opinion. Because I think there is some, there's been some um, sort of counter-backlash already. Mm. I, obviously... A nice kit, Dave, is in the eye of the beholder. Um, there cannot be a universal objective judgment on the quality of any kit, especially these days. So I'm trying to think, what are the most cliched ways someone describes a kit that they don't like? I'm Number one is, it looks like a training top, <laughs> um, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Like, what, what makes a kit look like a training top? Is it like sort of too fussy a design? Not, yeah. not statementy enough? What is it? Maybe a bit busy, too uh, casual. Straying, a, straying a bit too far from the generally accepted mm. traditions. Um, okay. Yeah, and I think the other one is oh, it's just a template. <laughs> it's the same. It's the same as Serbia's kit. <laughs> that's that is a good amazing, one, isn't it? But that's <laughs> yeah. that's quite advanced. I'd say, I'd say like the more sort of. Run of the mill is like, it looks like it's been designed by a child, or it looks like an explosion in a paint factory, or something. If if it's one of <laughs> that, those like yeah. really sort of kind of that's a bit more new proper, age f- one. proper football man mm. thing. But yeah, like I think I think you're right, Charlie. It's quite the sort of template thing is probably a little bit sort of online kit mm. fanatics. Yeah, like, you... oh, oh, Puma. Not again. <laughs> Come on, Puma. Stop it, Puma. No, yeah. literally, do stop it. <laughs> Um, what about um, it looks like a uh, market stall knockoff that you could buy on holiday in yeah. one of three or four countries only? Um, that's I think that's the most scathing of all, Dave. Yeah, yeah. Although that said, I was actually talking about this about this this morning. Um, these days, the standard of the knockoffs are actually can <laughs> actually be quite impressive. Yeah. yeah. Well, and there's also there can be the, the flip side of that is there could be a sort of retro appeal because it, it's quite it's kind of minimalist. Um, which some people might quite like. If you're talking about quality, I mean, I, th- there are some makes that just feel very Sunday League that sort of you can get them for cheap, for sort of like, a, you know, you can order loads. What's some... the ultimate Sunday League brand? I think Pro like... Sport. Pro yeah. Sport is super. They are the royalty of Sunday League, I'm sure. What about um, Ul Sport? Mm, well, quite goalkeeper though. So goalkeeper. they've got that Maybe. corner of but the they, market. But, but they did also do kits. I think mm. you're right. Like Sondico, um, Sondico. Um, mm. Well, let's not go down that rabbit <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's definitely Sondico, they, yeah. When they when they stray into the outfield mm. areas, then that that is quite Sunday. Like, imagine like yeah, imagine <laughs> England, England announcing their new kit deal with that would be amazing with 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 pro sports, <laughs> <laughs> just more accessible, like open to yeah. everyone. Absolutely but that's fine. but also I remember when like Mitre mm. used to do things other than balls. It's like stay in your lane, lads. Yeah, it just feels 100%. weird. Completely agree with this. This is only was only going to go one way. This discussion, where I want to share with you the marketing speak for the New England kit. Now, the, for once, there's no implied technology. There's no kind of overblown jargon. 
about sweat wicking and all that sort of rubbish, which to be fair is actually quite tired now if it's quite old fashioned technology, you know, all that sort of stuff. But more about the style. First up, Dave, the angular typeface applied to the name and number and the three lines graphic on the inside back of the shirt is inspired by industrial fonts used by heavy metal rock bands throughout England. <laughs> Someone really? sent me this. Someone sent me this in a screen grab of a tweet and I thought it was a joke. I looked it up and there it was in the actual release gump from the that FA. Is... That's really weird. You wouldn't expect them. why have they gone down that route. Heavy metal bands like is that our thing? Black Sabbath, yeah, Iron Maiden, Def Leppard. I mean, I know what they mean. That font, I, I, I know what they're getting at. It's so incongruous. With, yeah, it doesn't. I, I don't imagine with football. Mm. Well, and their target demographic, I don't imagine, is sort of yeah. massively into heavy metal. Yeah, just it's just a bad font as well. Mm. Um, no getting around it. Uh, second one, this is more simple, Charlie, but still made me laugh, was England carries a long tradition of playing in a collared shirt. <laughs> <laughs> what a load of shit. <laughs> that, is, that is really scoping the barrel. We invented uh, collars, apparently. What about our most famous moment ever? We weren't wearing a collars in 1966. True. Mm. True. Yeah. On either, or home or away. Ah. That's a good point. Long tradition, playing in a collared shirt. Um, <laughs> no stranger to a collared shirt. <laughs> Next up, this is from The Athletic's Phil Hay, who gave me permission to read this out verbatim. He says, why the fuck do Blackpool have their landline number on their Twitter account? World-class tin pottery, he says. I looked and there it is, 01253 599 745. You don't get the chance to read out a landline number anymore. What a rhythm it has, Charlie. Fair play. Right. There. I-, I love that. That's, yeah. that's excellent. What a way to stand out. But if you are fond of landlines, and, it, you know, and why, you know, people of a certain vintage may well rely on them, and that's absolutely fine. If you want to buy a ticket for Football Clichés Live, why don't you give <laughs> Earth Hackney a call um, well in advance of November the 8th on 0207 422 7505, and they may well redirect you somewhere else to buy your ticket. If you're fancy coming to watch us at Liberty Hall Theatre in Dublin on November the 16th, it's uh, plus three five three one eight five eight six three five four. That's presumably if you're calling from somewhere else. Um, don't know how yeah. to read out an Irish number on its own. Uh, well, I think Irish people will. They'll figure it out. It. Yeah, they'll know, won't they? Yeah, I mean they're already going around the houses to get this ticket anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, great, great landline chat here. No, no, no landlines in Manchester. The new Century Hall in Manchester, this brand spanking new venue that it is, doesn't do landlines. Thinks no. it's above it. Yeah, you should, um, you should do a shift on the phones, Adam. <laughs> They could, you could be that, like you know, like a telephone. If you we could get be that desperate. lucky person that rings up and not only buys a ticket, but buys a ticket from you in person. That's a great idea. That's a good idea. If things get a little bit dicey with tickets, um, with a couple of weeks to go, I will give out my mum and dad's landline number <laughs> and, uh, and see how it goes. Anyway, a um, couple more questions for the adjudication panel. Benjamin writes in, Charlie, and says, is the definitive name for a group of injuries a spate? Ooh, could you have a glut? Glut of injuries? Glut? No, that's gold glut. Glut of gold, yeah, a spate of injuries. A rash? Rash of injuries? Mm, I'm not sure. No, because it's, it's an injury in itself. <laughs> a rash of rashes around the club. Uh, you could you have a slew of injuries. Ooh, I don't like E-W. slew. I don't like slew. No, thank you. I mean, you might, but it's not specific. <laughs> um, what is, I'm sure there's another one. I think I think it's spate I mean, for a team. A, I think a catalogue for a particular player. You can have a catalogue of injuries, but only for one player. Uh, no, I think it is probably a spate. What about a raft of injuries? 
Ooh. Raft is a raft of withdrawals from an international side. And a, a raft of, of substitutions. Injuries? Substitutions come in rafts. Host um, of new signings, I think. Host yeah. of new signings. Yeah. Host of. Yeah, pretty good. Spate Happy with good. that. Spate's fine. You can't beat Spate. Spate it is. Um, finally, for the adjudication panel, Graham Baines Hall asks if we're happy with this from long serving TV cooking stalwart Jamie Oliver. So then take a regular builder's mug, right? And just to the top with basmati rice. This will be more than enough for four people. So put this in and around your tray. Then you want two cups of boiling water. Were you waiting for four my sins? <laughs> no, I, 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 yeah, I knew it would be in, in and around. Well, thing is, Dave, this one's less about the usage of in and around, which at first I thought was uh, an absolute disgrace on a technical level, but then it actually does make sense because it's it in the pan and then around the pan. So yeah. you're spreading it around mm. evenly. So if anything, it's quite instructive. But my, my thoughts about this evolved from that to... Jamie Oliver is right smack bang in the middle of the demographic for an in and arounding. He's like the Andy Townsend of of cooking, right? So yeah, oh, he would get on with Andy Townsend so well. Mm. You can imagine them having a pint. I can imagine Andy Townsend being on a cooking sort of Sunday, Saturday morning yeah. cooking show. Yeah. Jamie Oliver doing a bit of pretend cooking in a pretend kitchen. <laughs> Charlie, what other football pundits can you imagine being on a Sunday morning TV cooking show, just sort of chatting about their lives? Ooh, Sunes. I mean, Cammy. I, I think. Cammy. Yeah, Cammy. I, I think Jamie Redknapp. If it was sort of um, mm. deluxe enough, you know, him, be, yeah, him, Redknapp. him being like, oh, yeah, I, I love a fry up. It's just the best, isn't it? Redknapp we, would do Sunday brunch with Lovejoy, definitely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Redknapp would play well. You know, I, the Redknapp's the housewife's favourite. Yeah, think. yeah, they'd love him on that. You can imagine yeah. him in an apron or something, just being like, yeah, I'm always, I love getting my hands dirty and all of this sort of thing. Which Oliver Can you imagine Andy Gray, a ready, steady cook back in the day. I bet he was on. Yeah. Oh my God! Like the like the who wants to be a millionaire? If someone can dredge that up. Ol- Jamie Oliver's also right because he, technically, even if he doesn't mean around in the pan, people invariably when they pour rice in, it goes outside. Even if they don't mean to, hmm. he he is accurate. There's always a little bit of spillage. Andy Gray was not on ready, steady cook. It would seem. Keezy. Steak au pois. <laughs> of course. Of course. Yeah, they don't want to give away their secrets. You'd never, you'd never be able to make steak au pois for under five pounds. <laughs> Certainly not in Doha. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, 
day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. But speaking of um, unlikely moves from individuals to organizations, it's time for the What Are You Doing Here 11. Now, Charlie, we talk, about, we talk a lot about transfers that just sound right. But I'm starting to come around to the idea that the kind of the increasing homogeneity of football means that it's, it's kind of like just shooting fish in a barrel, really. It's, um, you know, lots of players suit lots of clubs. So maybe it's time for us to kind of flip reverse this. Yeah, yeah, I think this is a really worthwhile and important exercise. Now, I think there, there are a couple of things as well. <laughs> um, that I, For me, anyway, you may disagree, but a couple of things this shouldn't be. So I think it shouldn't be players who you later learn played for a team and you're like, oh, really? Rabiot played for Man City or Mustafi and Eric Dyer played for Everton. It's not okay. that because you didn't have any view of it at the time. I think okay. you need to have at the time as well thought, oh, that's a bit weird. And ditto, it should, it must not, I repeat, not turn into an all-night Ali Deer at Southampton. It's not weirdest <laughs> transfers ever. I'm well that's on board with that. a very different thing. Very on board with that. This is not an online listicle that you have to register to read um, exactly. for no reason whatsoever. Dave, um, the way I see this is a kind of Venn diagram of incongruous match of player and club, like genuinely, what were they doing there on a real technical level, let alone mm-hmm. anything else? I think it should be forgettable. Like the, Their stints there should be fundamentally forgettable. They didn't pull up any trees. And, yep. and just overall, it should, on the most superficial level of all look wrong they should look very strange in that kit and you look at a picture of them going that looks absurd how did that ever ever happen but um but i would have to say despite what charlie just said if it if this does all just slip into a gentle rhythm of us saying what player x play for club y that's fine with me actually because at least we get the second wave charlie of of yeah. can't believe this that's kind of all right right <laughs> yeah I, I think it's 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 slightly less pure um mm. but but what, yeah, but what you're talking about, Charlie, with, with, with the, say, Mustafi at Everton, is like that was really obscure, probably didn't play many games. Mm. Like that's, Whereas I think, Adam, what you're saying is we may have forgotten that Club X played for Club... Uh, the player X played for Club Y, but as soon as you mention it, you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, that's, that's a very remember. different thing. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think in the examples I've given... You, somebody would still not even be aware that those had happened yeah. and yeah. it wouldn't trigger anything in your mind. You'd just be like, oh, really? Did he play for them? But yeah, no, <laughs> if you can remember it, that's a very different thing. It's getting very close to undermining the rest of this podcast, but let's see how we go. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I would definitely rule out sort of slightly random clubs they played for right at the start of their career before they'd even made a senior appearance. That's just that's just the way the youth system works. Don't care. Not interested by that. Um, mm. Dave, would you like to care to guess who the most nominated player was for this among our listeners? Um, I think I might have a couple <laughs> on my list that could be up there. I, 
Do you want me to say it now? Yeah. You know, it's on my list. Yeah. You... Uh, I, I would imagine that like Thomas Gravison at Real Madrid is probably quite high. That was in the top three, certainly. Uh, the yeah. number one was Julien Faubert mm. to Real Madrid, which I think skirts a little too closely to Charlie's big no-no of everyone knew this happened and it wasn't it a bit weird. Um, and then there's the falling asleep on the bench thing. It's just a bit too... It's too blooper DVD, isn't it? I don't know. I'm a bit worried. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's um, we, we've been there. We've revisited his time. Mm. We can do better than that. We can do better than that. But as always with these sorts of 11s, I'm just trying to recapture, I don't know, the euphoria of three people all shouting Thomas Helvig to Sam Allardyce's oh, Bolton at amazing, the same time, which I think yeah. was a real peak point. That was a great moment. Podcast. Right. Um, a couple of pointers from our listeners. Handy pointers. Alex Harker says, anyone who signed for Derby County in January 2008, open brackets, Hossam Ghali, Laurent Robert. Um, roughly the sort of ballpark we're I aiming like for. Laurent Robert is a great shout. Mm, unscheduled stops. Um, a very important directive from Mike Hull, 84, Dave, who says, there's been a few shouts for players in the autumn of their career. I feel there is an age slash stage of a career threshold where it's not possible to make a weird move. For example, Neville Southall at Torquay seems odd, but he was knocking 40 at the time. That's absolutely right, especially for goalkeepers. They could rock up anywhere. And so it it being the player being completely different to the club isn't enough on its own, I don't think, uh, especially yeah. if they're knocking on. I ha- yeah, I'm just crossing off more and more men <laughs> as we go on here. Um, but yeah, I think goal- goalkeepers like are interesting. Who? <laughs> exactly yeah goalkeepers are interesting because I, I had a few of those types of people on my list but if should we, should we kick off shall i kick off yeah sure um so yeah once now we've established the edgar david's caveat of well, yeah, really just old really players quick, playing for random clubs just really another quickly one. on that adam <laughs> yeah because in in the sort of what are you doing here if there's an obvious explanation of well i'm really old and i can't really get a club that sort of answers that question it needs to be that there isn't such an easy explanation yeah yeah that they had a choice in the matter um Mm. right let's start in goal then dave Uh, i'll kick you off with this from mark small who says sander vesterveld made a few appearances for everton on an emergency loan when we had three other keepers injured and suspended um i mean this mildly blew my mind i have to say but uh i'm sure you can do better well i was gonna go for one this is this is from personal experience and i don't think it will qualify based on what we've just said hmm. but but like still really good but on the but up but on the down slope david seaman playing for manchester city hmm. was a weird one for me i saw him play at highbury for man city and he got a guard of honor actually um and it was the guy the game where Omri just smashed one in from like 30 yards but yeah. i and you sort of can lump Schmeichel in as well when Schmeichel had his sort of post he, he played for city as well right yeah, yeah. After Man United, I think it. it I don't. I think it's not quite as. It's it's a bit weirder than like like you were saying Neville Southall, plumbing the depths of the football league, just in desperately trying to rack up another career appearance. Oh, I think there's a layer of curiosity to them staying mm. at the top and then signing for someone else. But mm. interesting, you mentioned Peter Schmeichel there. Charlie, list the clubs that Peter Schmeichel played for post Manchester United. Well, this was he went to Sporting, didn't he? Yeah. First of all. That that's quite that's quite weird. Two seasons. Was it that long? Yeah. And then he uh, went to Villa and then City. Hmm. I think. Schmeichel at Lisbon seems very strange. Yeah. But that in a way is less I, I know what Dave means. The going to City from like that move felt a year too early. You'd think he would have moved somewhere 
They either gone abroad to try that or stayed at a slightly higher level rather than going straight down um, to Man City. Other slightly strange parallel goalkeeping moves. Uh, Pepe Reina to Bayern Munich in 2014. Ooh, that's a good one. Rustu Rekber <laughs> to Barcelona. Yes. Yeah. That was, was that was in that period where, Davi- where David went to Barca, wasn't it? They, mm. they were kind of in between good times. Um mm. I mean, David's obviously lifted them, but they weren't great, I seem to remember, in that period when, when Rustu went there. Right. The Rustu Rekber shout uh, was um, was gathered in the final three minutes before we recorded when I was simply <laughs> typing in random big-ish club names into Google and all transfers, and then finding the transfer mark page for every transfer they've ever made, scrolling down and just seeing gold after gold after gold. Um, very much a variation on the men just like sitting around um, listing players' names um, phenomenon, but all by myself on my computer. But uh, fun nonetheless. Um, I also offer you, Charlie, Victor Valdez at Middlesbrough. That's yes. A good one. Yes. That is a good one. Because that's a really good contrast from... Valdez was the goalkeeper for what many people would say the best club team of mm. all time. Yeah. And then rocks up at a relatively unsuccessful, unglamorous time in Middlesbrough's history. It's not like they had loads of other superstars at the no, time. Or it wasn't even a Fabio Rochenbach situation. They no. literally were nothing. I mean, even his spell at United was quite weird. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. That, that feels really sort of forgettable. So if it, if it was weird that he went to United, it must be ten times weirder that he went to Borough and more mm. incongruous. Should we have Victor Valdez? Who's yeah, happy with really, that? I think it's a really good chat. There's some very low-key ones I had from ages ago. Do you, do you remember um, Peggy Arfexad, however you pronounce that? Who I yeah. realised that was very much the Leicester, Mr. Leicester backup. Anyway, he, he went to Liverpool. Always seemed very odd to me. Um, quite forgettable one. Mark Bosnich at Chelsea. Um, oh, yeah, they also have Magnus Hedman. Yeah, that's not. Yeah. Him basically out of retirement, which yeah. I mean, which I think is an extra layer of this. Yeah, and they had Paul strange. Jones, didn't they, on an emergency loan? Um, which obviously, the explanation is that it was an emergency loan, and they had, they were missing something like three keepers, and he went there for a few games. Peggy Offex had Mark Poom at Arsenal. Yeah, at Arsenal. Yeah. Um, on Peggy Offex had this is his late career trajectory: Leicester, Liverpool, Stockport on loan, Coventry, Notts County on loan, Marseille. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that is not. I really thought that was an Al Ali, going to be an Al Ali situation at the end. <laughs> he was very Al Ali, but not quite. Um, anyway, Victor yeah, Valdez I, in goal for us, I think. Yeah, it's Valdez. Right. Yeah. Right, Dave, give me some defenders. I was quite light on defenders. Um, at first, I only had Alvaro Arbola at West Ham, which the more I read, the more I came to terms with. So I'm happy to disregard <laughs> it completely. Um, I was quite light on fullbacks, but defenders. Hmm. I see what you think of this. I think this could go either way, but I, I think, so is Sol Campbell at Notts County? Is that too wacky? It was too wacky given their weird chapter of their history. But the fact that he went on to play for Newcastle and Arsenal, yeah, makes it very strange. He had one me. game yeah. against yeah. Morecambe. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that is a weird one. It is a weird one, isn't it? It's, it I mean, it, it it pretty much is the epitome of what are you doing mm. here? So yeah, I mean, I'm I relatively it, happy. With he, that. he was playing against like the Uni, the Nottingham Uni first team and things against mm. students, and it was like, what is? I mean, this is like was an he? Absolute, yeah, he played. They played a friendly. Notts County <laughs> play, played the Uni first team just after he joined there, and yeah, people were like, 
we're playing against Sol Campbell. This is <laughs> totally mad. Um, so I think that is quite a good shout. I should say as well, we've. I think in doing this, there is quite a fine line, isn't there? Like with our Arbeloa between this is insane and... Hmm, this does actually feel quite right. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so very... he's quite West Hammy, so I mean, it's yeah, actually absolutely fine. fine. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm not a defender. I was uh, continuing the Arsenal Tottenham crossing the divide theme. I always found Gallas's time at Spurs quite weird because he was such a he was so known for the Chelsea Arsenal thing, and then he went to Spurs. I don't really feel like any like that feels like that should be a massive thing. I don't think, feel like anyone was especially bothered either way. Well, this is interesting. That's an interesting example to raise because um, some of this team could be made up of players who simply play for loads of big clubs. Mm. And just by, I don't know, the sheer force of physics, one of those big clubs will be the one that feels weird. Mm. Take, for example, the ultimate example of a deluxe journeyman, which would be Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Ooh. (laughs) Who played for every conceivable massive club, maybe except for Real Madrid. Uh, But... His time at Inter, whilst not insignificant, if you see pictures of him in an Inter kit, you just mm. think, "Well, that's just weird." Mm. Um, like, I associate him more with the other clubs, so it's just, it's just the, I don't know, the market forces of it. But the Spurs had a that had a little phase of that, right? Where they also had Adebayor mm. for a bit. Mm. They had Ida Good Johnson, yes. yes, late yeah. late sort of career Ida Good Johnson. Players one. that have played for other big clubs, players that have played for other big London clubs in mm. particular. Um, so he's, I feel like Gallas is sort of in that bracket, just doing the rounds. Mm. Yep, yep, definitely. Doing the rounds is definitely part of this. Um, how about this from Ben Barker, Charlie? The Reading ownership decided the best chance Nigel Adkins had of bouncing back from relegation from the Prem in 2013 was by signing once wonderkid perennial bad boy Royston Drenter from Melania Vladi Kavkaz, now dissolved. It went precisely as you'd imagine. Now, I do remember this, and it was absurd, and I'm really happy with having Royston Drenter in this team. Yes, even his time at Everton, which came a bit before then, uh, felt a little odd, maybe made a bit more sense. Yeah, Royston Drenter's a great shout. I mean, and another on the centre-back is uh, Stephen Colker's very odd spell at Liverpool. Yeah. Um, especially as he, he went there on loan. And barely played. And I think he was chucked on as a striker. That's right. Um, all very weird. And again, if you saw him in a Liverpool shirt, I'm going to Google it now. I just think it would look very, very odd. I was going to chuck in, and I think this category will come up again, particularly on my side of things. But um, Rio Ferdinand at QPR never sat well with me. Mm. Because it's just there's too many touch points that were that were at odds with it. Right. You know, you were very used to him being, you know, supreme defender for Manchester United. Also the Leeds thing, but obviously like so associated with West Ham. And then also, I think the fact that Anton Ferdinand was notably at QPR, sort of, it's like that's that's don't steal your brother's thunder, <laughs> Anton. That QPR is for Anton. You're, yeah. you know, give him a give him a chance. I see. And it just and it and it didn't work, and it just it didn't look right for me. The QPR I, I th- thing is tricky because any player that you know, we aren't sure played for QPR immediately becomes a whole new universe of possibilities, doesn't it, Charlie? So QPR are a dangerous one for this. Totally. I was just going to say QPR is really hard because they were by their nature. What are you doing here? Because they yeah. were just signing lots of really random players. But I think Ferdinand is a really good shout is. there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I, but I think Ferdinand is a good shout because he he did feel a bit of a sort of premium quality 
Rolls Royce kind of player to then like yes there was a randomness but there was also a bit of a pattern and I think they were they were rung below Rio Ferdinand you know someone yeah. a lot of their players you're like fading star yeah but you're sort of like buying a Rolls Royce in Auto Trader magazine <laughs> exactly. but they had money that's I mean they they had what, theoretical money at the time so they did but they didn't have a huge amount of sort of clout or they weren't a huge draw. Mm. I'm happy with Kolka. I won't have Ferdinand because I, I still think there's a there's a thread of QPRishness about him, uh, which just sees it through. I'll go around the continent for you um, briefly. Walter Samuel had a season at Real Madrid in 2004. Mm. Frank de Boer went to Galatasaray in 2003. Really? Who knows any of this? But I do <laughs> like this. Back to the Medeski Stadium with Matt Williams. He says a double for you. In 2005, Reading had both Martin Keown and Les Ferdinand join in the twilight of their careers for a very forgettable period. Keown's wow. debut came as a sub, replacing Ferdinand towards the end of a turgid 0-0 home draw with Plymouth. What were either doing there? <laughs> That's a great... I mean, Keown... At Le- I think Keown went to Leicester, didn't he? And Before Ferdinand. Before then. Leicester. And Ferdinand was at Leicester, yeah. But Ferdinand was at Leicester in the Premier League, at least. Yeah, or at least he he he, he was in that season where they got relegated. Keown I quite went like there. the idea of I quite like the idea of Martin Keown playing for anybody post Arsenal. Yeah, uh, as as being weird, definitely <laughs> is. We're gonna have Sol Campbell and Martin Keown <laughs> as our centre backs. Fine, Sol Campbell it is. Um, it's a weird back four of Royston Drenter, Stephen Cooker, Martin Keown, and Sol Campbell. But what heft <laughs> it has! Um, pretty happy with that. I, I was going to. Well, sorry, yeah, I, we could, we could balance it out. We, if we want to get rid of one of the centre backs and have a proper full two full backs, uh, is Paul Koncheski? Some of his moves were a bit weird, weren't they? Was he at Spurs for a bit? He was, and I still Koncheski and Spurs is one of these ones I've so often in my head been like, did that happen? Did that not happen? It feels and, both so right and so wrong. And and the other thing with Paul Koncheski is, in a way, he sort of embodies this because you know when suddenly he had hair. Yeah, yeah. When when he was in Liverpool, like, didn't he suddenly have hair? What is yeah, that he's doing got hair there? again now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like when Skirtle got hair. Um, Koncheski very much at the at the core of the did they play for QPR or not. Are either of you sure? What, did Koncheski? He yeah. didn't. He didn't play for QPR. He bloody did. Did he? He did. He's not alone. You would. Is this the second time you've been done by who played for QPR? No, that was what I, that uh, got me through last time. Oh night. right, that saved me. Uh, um, God, late on his career. What's also funny about the Spurs run is that it was a, he joined on a month loan, then it got extended for another month, and then for another couple of months. Hmm. It's a. I mean, so it's a weird one. I think he's just Spursy enough. Here. Just Spursy enough. I think. What about Julian Dix at Liverpool? <laughs> yeah, that is weird. That is weird. That is um, weird. Let's get him in instead of Keown yeah. or Campbell. Instead of Keown, I, I think, think Keown, yeah. Fine, fine. But is that weird as well, though? And I, I'm just speaking for myself here, but because it was slightly before I really got into football, and so he was always, from when I got into football, he was like Mr. West Ham. Yeah. Would that have and seemed was... as weird at the time? I don't know. Interestingly, and I I do think this adds to it, it was a hair-growing situation. He did a Koncheski. He grew his hair at Liverpool and had very briefly like a really sort of um, a little thin goatee as well. Um, mm. So he it's almost like he was trying to disguise himself as not Julian Dix. <laughs> uh, which I <laughs> and think it was is, between it was between spells, wasn't it? Yeah. But do you remember him, Adam, at Liverpool? Do, were you in, were you following football by then? I would have been probably not old enough to kind of register it as absolutely absurd. But looking back. <laughs> It is absurd. <laughs> he scored one screamer for them. 
Uh, and it, yeah, the whole thing. I mean, Liverpool obviously in their, you know, shambles phase. Yeah. Post being good. And uh, yeah, I'm happy with that. Okay, good back four. Royston Drenzer, Stephen Cooker, Julian Dix, Sol Campbell. Two left backs, but who's counting? Right, let's move into midfield now, please. And we've established that Julian Faubert to Real Madrid is not going to be in this team. Sorry, Base Man 93. Sorry, James Arrowsmith. Sorry, Dave Walker. It's not happening. <laughs> um, but I will offer you this, Dave. Stephen Deacon says, Nobby Solano and JJ Okocha turning out for Hull. Yeah. Don't remember Solano at Hull. Was that the Phil Brown connection? Must have been. Mm. Yeah. 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 Sort of Bolton light. Not mm. the same. And from uh, from the northeast, so he'd have got Solano. Yes. I don't I have no recollection of Solano at Hull. Yeah, I have to say Solano at Hull is very strange. Um Charlie George Hall, this might be up your street. Robert Pires to Villa. Yeah. Back to the place where he was applauded by Andy Gray. <laughs> Yes, yeah. That's why he went every there. game. He's so you know he's so good at Villa Park. He's got he understands the pitch <laughs> dimensions really, really well. I mean, there were a few. Um, I saw someone suggested similar that Alex Sleb signing for mm. a sort of gritty Birmingham City team. Yeah. And I think actually in we did uh, a long read on that Birmingham team because they won the League Cup and then got relegated. And I think there was quite a lot of genuine in fact i remember speaking to stephen carr the former spurs player mm-hmm. and adding in some questions about that Birmingham team and the sense was about alex Sleb. what are you doing here like this is not a good marriage i do like this i do like alex Sleb to Birmingham because it because it's forgettable footballistically um you know on a very surface level it looks like a wrong fit and also Dave, it fits with this kind of transfer subgenre that has always fascinated me, which is players coming over here to big clubs, it not quite working out, and then either deciding to go back to Europe or just sort of swim around in the, you know, the second tier clubs of English football. Um, Pogrebniak just sort of playing for Reading or something <laughs> like that. And just thinking, yeah, is this how you thought it would turn out? Like, did you ever picture yourself playing for Birmingham, Alex Hleb? Dave, you can also have Georgi Kinkladze to Boca Juniors on loan in 1994. That, I'm only including this, not because it's... Ooh. I mean, it is weird, but it, it's, it's about the most romantic transfer mm. that lots of people don't know about I can possibly think of. Yeah, I'd never heard of that before, ever. It was more of and, a trial. He didn't really play for them either. Uh, which, right. I mean, there's, okay. there's no pictures of it, except okay, for one picture good. of him sat on a ball at training. So he didn't play for them, which I think should rule him out, really. Okay, yeah, it should do. Wikipedia is a liar. Didn't play three mm. games for Boca Juniors. Um, Charlie, we could also have Kevin Prince Boateng to Barcelona. Yes, that's weird. Yeah, and wrong. That was that was weird. That was quite. Was that sort of quite a while after he was decent? I have no grasp about when. Or if Kevin Prince Boateng was actually good, no comprehension. <laughs> Around the, the baffling career, he yeah, I, I, do, I do know exactly. What you mean. No, it was late. It was late. He was at Barcelona. Yeah, well beyond. It was like I mean, they had Paulinho, who was quite good, but obviously to English fans, this sort of Tottenham flop. Um, but they had quite a few of those type players. I mean, Kinkladzi at Derby always felt a little bit weird, just just because he was so synonymous with City. Where do we stand on Thomas Gravison to Real Madrid? Well. I think is it too contrary to not to have hit neither him nor Faubert, <laughs> or do we think we're just going to go the whole hog? Well, and, and it's they're I think both Gravison too obvious. Is, Gravison is weirder than Faubert, I think. It, Gravison doesn't fit in with 
at least Faubert, there was an element of potentially exciting attacking mm. player on his maybe one one or two days that he might have. With Graveson, the baldness, the Scandinavianness, <laughs> Here we go. The, the tough tacklingness from Everton under David Moyes to Real Madrid, who yeah, at during the time the Galacticos was still era, Galacticos yeah. era. It was weird. Okay, I think well, it's the best one. Whilst noting... Um, your your decision that bald people can't play for Real Madrid. Uh, the Athletic did once publish an article simply saying, why did Real Madrid sign Thomas Granverson from Everton? Um, which I think the incredulity of which, I mean, it is a bit, it was a big shout amongst our listeners and time is ticking on. So I will I have think Thomas it, Granverson. It is good. It's, a, if you, it's an island in the sea of, I mean, he went from Hamburg to Everton, to Real Madrid, to Celtic, then Everton on loan. I mean, it's a real outlier in that career. But there's also there's also a, I like a, a nice little wrinkle to it because there's 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 just enough about him to go. But actually, much better footballer. Than he <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, there's so much about it that, that yeah, you can imagine someone will message us that within seconds of this podcast being published, and that's fine. That's fine. It's all about interpretation. All about interpretation. Uh, I've I've got to, I've got two for your consideration here. Um, fairly high profile, but. To me, neither of them felt right, and that was Patrick Vieira and Frank Lampard playing for Manchester City. <laughs> Lampard to City got a huge number of shouts amongst our listeners. I didn't think it felt particularly odd to me, but then I suppose it was. It was, and it was, and I think it, it is. I don't know if it's we should avoid or we should include one of those sort of three-month loan things. I know that actually got extended, but do you remember like when Beckham? Like when he went to PSG, mm. the MLS uh, and Milan, window. yeah, the sort of MLS window that meant you had these these weird signings. I guess that maybe we shouldn't because there is that obvious explanation. But that was an interesting <laughs> subculture. But it does open so many possibilities up. That's it the does. thing. It does. Um, what about Denis Suarez on loan to Arsenal from Barcelona? That was weird. That was but, weird. But but the problem is no one knows who Denis Suarez is. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, you're. I Do mean, they? like, uh, yeah, is he good? On a nut also. You know, with a fair wind, he was a kind of technical, creative midfielder. He yeah, but I think if he wasn't called Suarez, well. if he was called Dennis something else. Go on. But if he wasn't called, I think the Suarez is it just sort of make because we associate subconsciously with Luis Suarez. Suarez, it's like a he's just a he was just a generic sort of all right midfielder, right? Mm. Yeah. So. Also, I think this is that's too um, there's too much of an outcome bias with that. The fact he was there wasn't that weird. Like, but a, bar, a technical Barcelona midfielder on loan at Arsenal, yeah. you're not like, what? Who would have thought Arsenal would sign a tricky technical attacking mid? It's just the fact it worked. It was really bad, or it worked out really badly. I quite like this um, supporting material from James Dadge about this. He said, it, um, Suarez on loan to Arsenal from Barcelona was during that very panicky transfer era for Arsenal, where it felt like the club were just saying to the fans, oh, look, a Barcelona player on loan, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will always include someone who writes "ooh" in a quote. By no, the way. exactly. Just, but like, I think that's notice. it. It's it yeah. made there was a degree. It made sense. It just was really bad. Um, here's a little Transworld Sports style skip through the continents. Uh, Gaithka Mendieta to Barcelona on loan in 2002, uh, as was Demetrio Albertini. What are you doing there? Um, what about Guti at Besiktas? Mm. Is that that weird? <laughs> Maybe not. I think Albert, Albertini's the weirdest one of those Yeah, three. that's weird. And I remember even thinking at the time that felt odd. Just because you never really got, at that time, those sort of Italian players going to, to Spain. Uh, that's they all the weird stayed thing. in Italy. Yeah, really incongruous. I can't imagine him in that shirt. 
at all. No. Um, but that probably goes for a lot of Serie A players, especially Italians, like moving abroad. It just feels very odd. And a bit like doing in sort of in reverse, like Roberto Carlos having a season at Inter. Yes. Mm. Yeah. But we've got I mean, left backs. We've already got two yeah. left backs. <laughs> but Inter, yeah. gener- you, you mentioned out of the Zlatan Inter, that Inter period where Juve and Milan were in real trouble and had to sell their players. And loads, you had the, a lot of weird players ending up at uh, Inter. I mean, Vieira, you mentioned Vieira at City. Vieira Inter always felt a bit like, really? Like, what, what? You're just there purely sort of by default because you've got to leave Juve. On that point, um, the incredibly rational mind of Michael Cox has a theory about this, about why transfers like that feel so weird. And it is a really superficial thing. It's because we became accustomed to Patrick Vieira striding around in, a, in the red of Arsenal. And as soon as he signs for a team who play in blue, the mm. most diametrically opposed colours in football, um, then then it, it feels immediately weird. And I think there's a massive truth to that. I realise, it again, it undermines the entire podcast, but I do think it's true. I agree. And I think that's why, for me, Vieira at City feels a little bit weirder than Lampard at City. The blueness. The red and blueness. To narrow this down, then, I'm going to offer you a choice between these. Patrick Vieira at Manchester City or Robert Perez at Aston Villa? Can I just chuck your name in as well? <laughs> <laughs> really quickly. Scott Sinclair at Man City. Yeah. Midfielder? Sort of Wideman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having but, him in our three-man engine room, no. Okay, we're going with three-man engine Stick to the choices. Room, but then, well, then Perez isn't an engine. Yeah. He's oh, for God's sake. Is he? No, absolutely not. Would you have him in a front three? Wide on the left? Depends what for. Are we definitely going... Because we could see what strikers we end up with and then we can reverse reverse fit it. We don't, we don't pick the formation until we know what we're dealing with here. Fine, I'm putting... Um... Although, actually, to be honest, though, sort of in keeping in the spirit of the whole pod, if we put... Robert Perez in the what are you what doing are you in doing the midfield in the three? <laughs> <laughs> His teammates turning to him. I'll put them both. I'll put both Perez and Vieira in for now, and let's see what we have we've up got, front. We've got the spine of the invincibles. Yeah, we've got the invincibles. <laughs> works, works for me. When I mean, they were so they were so attached to that team, maybe that's why it is. Um, Joe Blundell for our forward line, Dave. Um, uh, gives us a little glimpse into the murky transfer world of Serie A. He says, what was the point in Felipe Caicedo, once of Manchester City, of course, going on loan to Inter in January last season? Three sub-appearances totaling 20 minutes, zero goals, while his parent club got relegated before he left on a free to play in Saudi Arabia. Utter waste of time for everyone involved. He was also 33. And that happened last season? Yeah. What the hell is going on there? But I also <laughs> think there's probably some sort of I, weird well... little... We probably shouldn't see situation. We shouldn't on. ask. Yeah, yeah, we probably shouldn't scratch too yeah. deep below the surface. I, I don't want one. this. I'm not saying I want this eleven to be pure, Charlie, but I don't want any sort of um, accountancy tricks going no. on here. No, it's rubbish, isn't it? A rubbish reason for a transfer. Yeah. Um, I can also offer you Roberto Mancini to Leicester from Jamie Thorpe. James Stewart says Ian Rush to Newcastle or Leeds, actually, for that matter. Yeah. I had rushed down. I I actually forgot that he played for Lee. I had Newcastle. I had rushed to Newcastle. I because I always think the fact that Rush and Barnes are in are in the Liverpool four three game and it's Rush Barnes yep. still John Barnes, but then they both go and play for Newcastle after that season is mad. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I remember Rushy as well at that time. 
me getting into football coincided almost exactly with his decline and he just right. seemed like the oldest man <laughs> in the world i was like are you suggesting you're responsible for it <laughs> i can't handle the, it echo shows watching yeah the, he'll the remember pressure, this as well the, the pressure of it got too much but he just seemed so old and slow and past it i was kind of amazed and i'd never seen him be good um and then when he pitched up at leeds and he didn't score for like the first 20 games or something I think that's also an interesting part of this players who who epitomised a certain era of football well, that hanging is... on and then playing in another era that was something completely different so if you if you take a player who was at their peak in the mid 1980s um, for better or worse that came with it and then and then the kind of burgeoning Premier League era it does feel wrong they're playing with a different ball what are you playing with that ball for that, well, that Strachan that, playing yeah, at 40 yes they, Ian Rush that is it. It does not feel like a Premier League player mm. at all. Like he's just such a different era. Yeah, I do like this. Is, is it to a slightly more recent example like Michael Owen at Stoke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Hargre- he played all the boxes. He barely played, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah. barely played. Did he play Hargreaves- midfield for Stoke? Have we had this conversation before? I think we have. Um, Hargreaves pitching up at City. Did he ever play for them, or was that just like he a- did play for them? But it was. It was that was when he was like coming back for one game at a time. Yeah, that yeah. is weird. That is yeah, really strange. Forty-five he, minute spells here and there. He played one game. He literally, he literally played or well, once in the league for them. Anyway, that's incredible. Um, Jake Parks says Daniel Sturridge on loan at West Brom in 2018. Um, how about Idiga Johnson on loan at Spurs, which we mentioned before? Um, that feels weird. He played for Stoke yeah. as well and, and Barcelona. Fulham. Yeah, and Fulham. Yeah, Fulham. Take your pick with Idiga Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I think I think that slightly undermines it because if you, if you become yeah. a journeyman, you're going to end up at random clubs, right? It's a bit exactly fine. I, I have one, um, Andy Booth at Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is a good. I show. once wrote a piece on that for the Athletic <laughs> <laughs> on uh, disastrous striker signings, him and Raziak mm. and a couple of others. Uh, he looks back on the time funny there. You're interested to know, but I, I think. What adds to that story is the fact that there was a definite hint of from Booth's side of I can't believe this is happening. What on earth? Yeah, like mm. yeah, which a bit I think like is Ricky Lambert at Liverpool. Yeah, I do but like that, that without the romance. Mm. <laughs> yes. Um, so I was just going to say on. one that I found weird at the time, and I still think it's quite weird. At the end of the nineties, Arsenal were all about signing young, exciting, often French players, and th- and then completely seemed to go against that in the summer of 99 when as part of the Anelka leaving deal they brought in Davor Shuka yeah who was you know a re- he, they just didn't make those sort of signings he'd been the World Cup Golden Boot winner the year before he was pretty old at that time it just felt like a really odd they also signed Thierry Henry that summer who was like the mm. sort of prototypical Arsenal signing that Shuka at Arsenal and then West Ham he just never seemed but, like a Premier League player I see what you mean, but they were. But at least there's an element of class to sh- to Shuka. Yeah, maybe that Arsenal had. I'd say the West Ham move is weirder. Like, yeah, maybe taking one more step into English football is is a bit weird. But if anything, it's kind of a move ahead of its time because you know, all the big clubs are doing that now. Can we get can we get in some guaranteed goals that are that, you know for free? Um, yeah, he's actually a forerunner kind of situation. For like, yeah, or like Falcao Cavani. He, he's yeah. that sort of signing, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, here's some other ones. Uh, Okay, Gawim says, Andy Cole at Sunderland, to which I add, Dwight York at Birmingham. What are you, both of you doing at both of those places? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and didn't they both 
play for the reverse as well. York definitely played for Sunderland. Heskey he played for Birmingham. Andy Cole did play for yes, Birmingham. Yes, he did, yeah. Yeah. But I, t- I think similar to Good Johnson, I mean, Cole especially, played for so many clubs after Man United. The long tail just, of Andy Cole's yeah. career is absolutely absurd. Blackburn, Fulham, Man City, Portsmouth, Birmingham loan, Sunderland, Burnley loan. Burnley? Nottingham Forest. Incredible. Yeah. What a quiz question that is. His star burned so brightly, didn't it? And then that is, you're right, that is a long old... I mean, really, from when he left United, that was it, really. Yeah. Should we just throw I've... in Andy Cole as just a general choice and we can, you can pick the club? <laughs> I'm happy with yeah. this. Um, well, even that he started at Arsenal, a lot of people would yeah. find that weird. Yes, yeah. agreed. Definitely. Um, I, I think this man has probably been in at least one of our prior 11s, if not more, if not several. Um, but Robbie Keane to Inter Milan is a particular kind of example of this. Like, it's big, massive European super club buying a, you know, young hopeful who's had half a good season for a provincial English club. Yeah. Um, if only they'd signed Gary Breen, because that was guaranteed shoe-in for this one. Mm. Um, yeah, but that's, that is weirder. But mm. yeah, but it's sort of like one of those, yeah, it's kind of like one of those scenarios that gets talked about sometimes. Oh, I could have signed for such and such. Yeah. But it, ha- it did happen. Thing is with Robbie Keane, he had so many clubs and he can be at the sort of the centre of, of some sort of web for this because Richard writes in and says, I can't believe no one has said Robbie Keane at Benitez is Liverpool yet, which does feel weird. And if, do you remember, who remembers Gareth Barry almost joining Liverpool? Yep. Yeah. So in my head, he did play for them. Yeah, they got rid of Mascherano to try and bring him in. Yeah, right. I think that was that was that whole. No, situation. it was it was the it was they were trying oh, to get rid Alonso. of Xabi Alonso, right. but they couldn't. They couldn't yeah. quite make it work. So they were like, oh, I guess we'll have to hold on to Xabi Alonso. And then they then that was the season they finished second. It was bizarre. So Robbie, they were desperate to get Gareth Barry. So Robbie Keane played for Liverpool, bafflingly. Gareth Barry didn't play for Liverpool, bafflingly, and Robbie Keane didn't play bafflingly for Manchester City. So it all comes together. Um, mm. um, but I'm, I'm losing track of our methodology by the second here, but uh, <laughs> I do like the Robbie Keane being at the centre of this universe. I'll, I'll finish with two names and then I'll let you have a crack. Mido, where did you know where Mido finished his career? He's on my list, Charlie. Go on. Barnsley. Wow. Mido at Barnsley. That is weird. I will but he jumped, think... I mean, because he jumped around. Yeah. He was abroad a lot, wasn't he? Yeah. Stephen Fletcher on loan at Marseille. <laughs> so, when was that? Uh, on loan from Sunderland, so I'm going to say... 2013 or something? Yeah. Something like that. Um, so the situation is this. We've got Ian Rush and Andy Cole up front. We either want one more striker, in which case we have to remove either Pires or Vieira. So we're, I think we're currently we should. 4-4-2. I... Do we want to switch to 4-3-3? I don't think we want Pires and Vieira, ideally. Okay, let's take Pires out. And that means we have room for one more striker, and that will be... Let, I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna throw all the names back at you and you can you can pluck one out of the air. Stephen Fletcher at Marseille, Mido at Barnsley. Uh, Andy Cole at Sunderland, Dwight York at Birmingham, Robbie Keane at Liverpool or Inter, Idigo Johnson at Spurs, Roberto Mancini at Leicester, or Felipe Caicedo at Inter. <laughs> <Dodgy>. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of having Cole yeah. and then you, you know, in, insert one of many, many clubs. Mido at Barnsley feels quite underwhelming to me. 
Uh, it might as well have not happened. Yeah, I yeah. think we should have Ian Rush in there. Oh, yeah, he's, he's in I, there, don't you he's worry. He's in, right. Okay. I think Mido fails the, oh yeah, I remember that test. Because none of us can remember it. None of us knew it happened in the first place. Yeah, agreed. Which might not be the case for everybody. I understand that. Sure. We can only play what's in front of us. Right. We need a third striker, Dave. Who's it going to be? I am going to go for... My, 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 my vote... Apologies to Andy Booth, who I did like. and He, was my, he literally was the first name on my team sheet when I sat <laughs> down to do this. But it's just a little bit too... A little bit too obscure. Not enough people really know who Andy Booth was or whatever. Sure. So I'm I'm going to go for Robbie Keane at Inter. Agreed. Happy with that. And he's got the Liverpool backup as well for being mm. weird. And he played for Celtic. Also weird. Uh, Villa or West Ham? Can't remember. Can never. It's been on the football cliches quiz, and I still can't remember. Um, but yeah, Robbie Keane. What a perfect inclusion he is. Should we run through our little team? Um, mm. Not that it really matters, really, but Victor Valdez in goal, a back four of Royston Drenta, Stephen Kolka, an inverted Julian Dix and Sol Campbell, a <laughs> midfield engine room of Alex Klebb, Thomas Graveson, Patrick Vieira, and a forward line of Ian Rush at Newcastle, Andy Cole anywhere, and Robbie Keane. Um, okay. I mean, collectively, it means absolutely nothing, doesn't it? It doesn't, it doesn't scream anything, this team, does it? I, there are some elements that I really love, especially the idea of telling Julian Dix you're playing as an inverted fullback, sort of con- conveying that message to him, just mm. cutting onto that hammer of your left foot. Yeah. Pleb in the engine room. It's a great, it's a great eleven. All right, fantastic stuff. Well, thanks both for trawling through a very complicated transfer web for us. Cheers, Dave, on your 80th appearance and one to remember. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to you, Charlie, uh, who is among a raft of withdrawals for the Athletics' Wednesday night clash against Sky Sports away. I know. It's literally the day my baby is due and it felt Mm. a little bit uh, hope. I really hope, Charlie, that your son or daughter gets born this evening as we record and you will forever know that the day that they were born earlier that day you sat here and, and talked about the what are you doing here 11 it's a shameful shameful existence it really they'll, they'll be so proud yeah. to know baby yeah. baby thomas gravis yeah, exactly. gravison eccleshare yeah nice uh, good that you chose him the bald guy nice anyway um, thanks everyone for listening we'll be back on monday uh, see you then the Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code The Athletic, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 